Independent wrestling is pretty damn fucking cool. We're sitting down in the spotlight and squirt circle with Rhino. We're trying to bring more awareness to the independent professional wrestling scene. Undoubtedly thankful for anybody that just decided to tune in and actually liked us enough to keep listening. Listen, I just can't... There you go. There you go. I think you'd be... Try doing one here yeah, and there. Yeah, I was going to say you'd be better off... There you, there you go. go. Oh, yeah. That's nice. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's for the real good joke. Sibilance. Which we haven't Sibilance. had yet, and we probably won't. Yeah, well, yeah. That's true. <laughs> All right. Hey, I've been... Uh, I've been saying we got, or I told him that we need to uh, find a time to tell people to like us on Facebook and the Twitter. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because, you know, we're stuck at like 81. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll handle that today. Also, um, you're just going to create a whole bunch of things. We got a spoiler alert. He spoiled our question today. I saw. Yeah. It's okay. It's, we're still going to make you put it out. This right is going to go on yeah. in like two weeks. Who you gave for? That's that's a cycle. Uh, I, I kind of figure. So. And we also introduced the Harley Hellcat segment. Yes. It doesn't show up in every episode. Just when it comes, but who you gave for that comes out right away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty clear. I still can't wait to ask to see who he gave. For. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carson. TC. Yeah. <laughs> Carson. Who do you think JP will be gay for? Hulk Hogan. Oh yeah. Can you shut that door for us, please? Hulk Hogan. Or Thank yeah, you. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> but Hulk Hogan is is reportedly pretty big. Wiener size? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I heard. <laughs> Why would you want to be gay for that? Well, we were talking about who JP would be gay for. Right. Yeah. And it was Hulk Hogan. No, I get that he is a fan of Hulk Hogan. So is Ryan. Last uh, I checked. Uh. Yeah. But why would you? Why would you? Not to the level of erection. Why would you want to take a beer can in the asshole, brother? <laughs> With a 24 inch python. Oh, yikes! <laughs> 2.4 inch python. That was great, by the way. See a doctor. I'm gay for Shayna Baszler. See a doctor. There yeah, you are. Just so you know. See a doctor. I felt some things. Seriously, I, I just wanted you to know that thing I shared last night is literally the thought I have when I see her. Yeah. Just her broad shoulders. I just that guy looks like he could move a couch. And do you know what I think? I think of that joke from the player haters ball. That woman wears underwear with dick holes in them. Thank you. <laughs> Timely. All very, right. Very excited with that drum yep. set. <laughs> Get Ready? it rocking. All right. Three, two, one. It's a rare condition. This day and age to read any good news on the newspaper page and love and tradition of the grand design some people say is even harder to find well then there must be some magic clue inside hello again everybody and welcome back into the casa that we like to call the ross family matters podcast i'm hotshot scott williams I'm joined by Vic the Stick Ross, yep. Jack Spade, and our very special guest. You can call him Ryan Lenz. You can call him Devin Diamond. Just don't call him late for this podcast. Good morning. You missed your opportunity. Oh, well, good morning. You guys must be getting desperate to have me on. So. <laughs> no, you're actually on a long line of like about 20 people we have on our wish list. The problem is most of them say no. So <laughs> you've said yes. But we also have a, a second guest in the studio today. And it is my new drum kit. 
<laughs> now people know when to laugh. <laughs> well, we were going to do the laugh track, but... Your wife did say the last show wasn't very funny. Now we can give her a cue. Who was... not, not the last show. The last uh, one she heard. Which the last one she heard. Which was the first one? Oh, no. She's <laughs> she's one of our four listeners. <laughs> so... Yeah, well, you know, every... You know, sometimes there's that very serious episode, like the very serious episode of Family Matters when Urkel went missing or something. I don't know. That probably happened. Maybe it just didn't want to bring up the guy from WKRP molesting Arnold on different strokes again. I had a hard time seeing Mr. Carlson be a bad guy. Yeah, Yeah. I I couldn't do it. Speaking of molestation, if you're one of our four listeners... uh, and if you can get our amount of likes on Facebook at the Ross Family Matters Podcast, uh, and the amount of our followers on Twitter at Ross Podcast up to a hundred, we'll do a really special video for you guys. No, we won't. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I will put no. some skin in the game if we can get to a hundred. I we will randomly draw out of our hundred likes, and I'll give away a twenty dollar gift card. No. Whoa! Yeah, how's that? Hey, man, we didn't agree to spend money on this. I, thing. You know, I'm going. I'm going. Is it, those, what? Is it one of those twenty dollar gift cards that comes in like a Val pack? Or no, no. no. <laughs> Although that might not be a bad. I'm going to tell you the the budget. It's in the tank right now. We got sound effects. <laughs> we're pass, we're, pass, we're passing out gift cards. There was a sack of breakfast food upstairs this morning. Yeah, at least, at least let us get at least one uh, advertiser first. I gotta be careful and not turn into Eric Bischoff and spend too much money, right? Because that could right. be because the word will come down from the office. Tens uh, of dollars. Yeah, and I don't know if you, so. The per our office, our our executive producer, he's a real son of a bitch. Yeah, can we tell you. can we expense things to Riley? Well, that's a good idea. I like, I'm gonna give it a shot. All right. So before we get into the hat, maybe we should, you know, we've told stories about you, Ryan, good ones, about how you've met, how we've met. So we don't have to necessarily go into that, but I wanted to ask you, when you decided you wanted to get into the professional wrestling business and what your first early experiences were in this business? Sure. Well, um, I uh, was in high school. I was like 17, 18, and... uh, you know, the, the naughty word of backyard wrestling. You know, you you jacking around and, you know, on tarps and stuff in a backyard. And it's like, yeah, I want to kind of do this more seriously. So uh, I went to a Rebels of Wrestling show, and uh, you guys didn't return my phone call at all. <laughs> well, that sounds about right. <laughs> I called that hotline about six times. Hey, you had to go another... 14. Yeah. Another 14. And and for the record, nobody at this table was responsible for manning that house. That's right. Anyway, we won't name any names, Brian. Uh, But anyway. The Rebels of Wrestling presents the brawl. I remember that that phone phone tag. And then... uh, So then I... I really wish we would have called you back. Seriously. I did too. But then again, you know, things... You know, I wouldn't have been threatened to have a fork stuck in my head, and yeah. I wouldn't have not showed up like a person who didn't want a fork stuck in his head. And who was, who was going to fork you? Uh, Peter. Peter be beautiful. Well, of course. Ah. Well, you would have run into him at, at, at I ran Rebels. Into him with However, <laughs> um, he was well well contained with the Rebels, except when he lit Joe's hair on fire. But that's a whole other. <laughs> that's a whole other. But uh, and you know, so then I went on the infancy of the internet then and good old 2001 and uh, said found powerhouse pro wrestling 
as, as a lot of us did yes at some and, point and uh gave him a call and he called me pretty much within like 15 minutes <laughs> like well there's a guy who wants wants to work money. with somebody hey, hey, you want watch money? my money <laughs> <laughs> yes and uh you know started with that and the rest is history <laughs> good or bad depending on people's viewpoints but so you've been doing this a long time and and you and your brother have a very successful wrestling promotion uh do your shows in kenosha right now that's correct yes um if you want to kind of pub a little bit about that company and that upcoming show and just kind of talk sure. about how that whole thing is no going. i i appreciate it um yeah uh, i mean we're we're in our 15th year now, which is crazy to say, considering that we've been running shows longer than some of the people in our audience watching the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, like you said, it's it's not the same SSW it was, admittedly so. It's changed. It's evolved. Um, bringing in a lot more, like, talent from Chicago and uh, a couple here and there from Milwaukee. But um, it's, it's not... What I would say my SSW, but it's definitely a good product. And being that, you know, I when we start SSW running with our buddies, like, you know, obviously Lane, Fade, obviously Jim, you know, and all kinds of other crazy people. <laughs> Cotton Eye Don. Cotton Eye Don. Yeah, Don. Personal favorite of mine. <laughs> <laughs> best, best part of his matches were at the start and the end. <laughs> and it was the song. Yes. No, well, no, it wasn't. <laughs> the, the best part about SSW, though, is you talk about the longevity and the stick to itiveness and the. the stick to itiveness? Yeah, oh yeah. And okay. the, the evolution <laughs> you of the company. say with confidence, it's a word. It, it's a word. And, and, and the thing is, you know, because it was one of those things where, you know, there were always. I mean, we dealt with it in Rebels. Yep. You know, naysayers, oh, this is never going to work. Those yes. guys aren't any good. And here you are 15 years in. Like, yep. I mean, that's got to make you feel good. It does. I mean, it's, that's the thing is if you look at the product then in 2003 and to it now, I mean, it's completely evolved. Whether it's, you know, in some viewpoints good, some viewpoints bad. I, th I think, you know, it's definitely, it's, it's, we haven't been afraid to change. And we're on, um, I don't know, you know, it's just after a while of 15 years, you kind of get to the point where it's like, what... What can you do to mix it up? And one thing we haven't really done too often is we haven't brought in names. You know, a lot of guys in not necessarily in Milwaukee, but in the state and in the whole indie uh, indie fed, they bring in you know they put in you know bring in a guy, put him over their champion. You know, they make the the name from WWE their champion. Who you know it doesn't really do much. You know, and um, we kind of pride ourselves with kind of relying on our own guys, you know, and letting them run the show, not relying on Jake the Snake in this old photo from 1988, who he doesn't <laughs> look like at all now, you know, or uh, Grandma Greg the Hammer Valentine, you know. <laughs> I'd book her. <laughs> <laughs> Never wore knee pads, Grandma. Yeah, well, it shows. <laughs> no. Seriously, like, I, I mean, I always liked watching him when I was younger, but it, I hurt when I watch him get in the ring, you know, yeah. like, and you could tell that those knees and hips are pretty banged up. So yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's but that's the one thing we decided. Other than Hornswoggle, we had him in, and he uh, yeah, but he's be a, before he was a WWE. Right, you know. I was gonna say he was one of in the early days mm -hmm. of SSW. He was a member of of, of 
that roster. So. Yeah, no, and that's that's the thing is with this upcoming show, we're uh, we're bringing in uh, we're bringing in Hornswoggle. He's coming in back. This is exclusive, by the way, for you guys. All right. Just so you know, RJ, aka Dan, will be putting uh, putting up some info probably tonight with WrestleMania. Um, we're bringing in Hornswoggle, and I guess we're bringing in Kevin Thorne as well. Okay. Not not sure who uh, Kevin Thorne will be wrestling. We're not uh, sure yet who he's going to be challenging, but uh, right Hornswoggle is at least coming in doing some autographs and uh, probably some pictures and stuff and doing the, what midgets do. Hey, let me ask you a question. I never pay attention anymore. When you bring a, a name in, yep. they used to be uh, $10, $15, $20 Polaroid. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Are they charging a fee and then it's like a selfie now? That's a good question. <laughs> That's a good question. That is a good question. I would assume it's probably just the autograph because so many people have cameras now. Right. If I was a name and I did a photo shot for people, I'd use one of those really old-timey cameras where they have to relight the... Few, the and you have to stand perfectly still for 20 minutes? Yep. <laughs> Simon Grimm should do that. <laughs> yeah. That's why nobody ever smiled in pictures, because imagine the lunatic oh, yeah. that could hold a smile for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Everybody started smiling. Right? right, right. But by the time the thing went off, they had had enough. <laughs> so so you've heard the show. Yes. You know how you've the format it. works, right? I have. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we'll, why don't we just delve right into that hat and see if we can pull I know there's several topics that are germane to... People you've worked with and that are SS that are SSW related, but we don't know if they're going to come out of the hat today or That's not. True. So before we do that, I want to respond to a comment that was made by Jim on you guys' first po- podcast about the strip club. Okay, he was gung ho about going to that strip club. Of course he was. <laughs> <laughs> don't let him fool you. <laughs> Trust me, we're not fools. I heard the ad on the radio and I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. We're forty young men. Let's go. The only thing I'm going to ask you about this hat. Don't look directly into it because some of the topics you can see. And it'll blind you. Yeah, yes. I was going to say, um, yeah, it'll suck you in, right? Right. But before we do that, we, we, <laughs> we'd be remiss. My producer in my ear is telling me that I have to ask you the obligatory question for first-time guests now. Who you gay for? Um, Hugh Jackman. All right. As All a, right. a spoiled on... Uh, Probably on Facebook, but uh. <laughs> so, by the time this airs, that's weeks ago. That's Everybody's true. forgotten right. who you take. He, he is a beautiful man. We have not had a bad answer yet to that question. <laughs> who you expect that someone's going to sit down and say Abe Vagoda? <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Abe was Vigoda. a snare shot. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Hang on. What's wrong with Abe? Vagoda? <laughs> ah. Thank you. Okay, let's, all right. Let's do that again. <laughs> who are you expecting him to say Abe Vagoda? <laughs> Hey, we can edit that. Riley, edit that in post. <laughs> don't, don't edit it. All right. Um, go ahead and have at that. Yeah, get in there. All right. Go deep. Let's see what she said. Hold on. Not to me, she didn't. Put them. <laughs> get, get those sticks ready. Here it comes. That's not what she got, though. Yeah. You know, generally, when you put, put questions in the hat, you should write it on the inside. I, so you know, in the future. Working with a name. Oh, well, hey, there we go. There you go. That's kind of a working with my own name or working Well, you can look at this a couple ways. We could talk about names that we've worked or working on shows with names and some of the more either uh, positive experiences or maybe negative experiences that we've all had. Um, Who wants to start? Because I I think we all have some insight on it. Did we ever tell the Stevie Richards story here? (laughs) No, we didn't tell the Stevie Richards story here. Because there's... 
there's a couple. Well, there's phases. a couple Stevie Richards. Well, it all ties too. together. It really does. There's a couple phases of the Stevie Richards story. Okay. Okay. So it starts with uh, Perry Saturn. It, it really get, does. And then you get to Stevie Richards. You're dropping names almost more, as much as Felicia. Yeah, don't worry. We'll pick them up on the way out. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'm telling you, come this, on. This shit needs fixing. Right. <laughs> so wait, you're dropping more names than Fleeshack is dropping teeth. All right. right. All right. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> um, he probably doesn't listen. So, so <laughs> we got... Likely not. He, we were he doesn't booked, have uh, a computer. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> all right. We, <laughs> we were booked oh, for uh, booked for Livewire, and Livewire had called his close personal friend Perry Saturn. Yep. Now, was this the show in Toma? It is. Yep. So that was the day after the Dirty Ernie experience. Correct. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. And it was unfortunate because I could only do one leg of that double shot, and unfortunately, it was the Dirty Ernie leg. No, I promise you. You went home on the right day. Okay. But, uh, so we worked the show with Perry Saturn. It was the Ross family versus Perry Saturn, Rough Crossing, and Livewire. Flip the switch. That's a joke in and of itself. By the way, Rough Crossing's good. Rough Crossing's amazing. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, He's in so, the hat. Yeah, so. Um, but, uh, so we worked the match, and the match went well. And, and for the record, working with Perry Saturn was really good. It was really easy. Hmm. He was really nice. Uh, very Did he good. take the hot tag? Uh, of course he did. I, I, you never know with Livewire. I have to ask because you never know with. Livewire. It was a double heat, so Livewire could get one hot tag. Okay. Uh, and uh, and Perry Saturn got the last one. The gotcha. only person that really got fucked over in that match was, was Rob. Oh, of course yeah. he did. Yeah. So, um, but he took the hot tag. He called what he wanted to do with people. Obviously, he gave suplexes out to Jim and to Buck. And with me, he only wanted to clothesline me because you know I'm fat. So that was good. Uh, but then he complimented each of us when he came back, said we were really easy to work with, wanted to work with us again, and he remembered us further down the road at a different show uh, that me and Buck went to in Illinois and said, hey, I'd rather be working you guys on this show than what I'm working here. Very cool. Which was really nice of him. Uh, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, at the bar... Prior to the end of the show. Because if you recall... Livewire was taking selfies with Perry Saturn in the locker room right before we were about to go out. Okay. <laughs> of course he was. I, of course. I don't remember prior to show end, but I remember after the show ended, we were in the bar, and it became like a line of people getting their pictures taken with Saturn. And me, being the person I am, started shitting on everybody. <laughs> because, you know... You're a worker. You don't ask the name to take a picture. In the locker room or out of the locker room? This was out. Hmm. Okay. So I I didn't take the picture with Perry Saturn, and I shit on Buck pretty hard. You're not telling the story right. Okay. Man. No, You're that's fucking fine. it all up. You fucking... <laughs> so Buck is like, hey, man, I really want to get my picture taken with Perry Saturn. Right. And myself and Lane and Jim are like, nah, don't do that, man. You're going to look like a mark. He's like, but I really... I really want my picture taken with Perry Saturn. We're like, no, you're not doing it. Uh -huh. So I am shooting pool. And ten scant feet away is Perry Saturn talking up some chick. Oh, no. And I see Jim walk over to Perry Saturn, <laughs> ask him a question. Perry nods. Jim calls Lane over. And Lane snaps the picture. 
and I start to giggle. And then I hear, what the fuck, man? <laughs> so then Buck comes over, and he gets his picture taken with Perry Saturn. Now, here's where the rib comes on me. I go over to make fun of them. And I go, oh, Perry, you're so great. Would you mind taking a picture with me? That motherfucker stood up and said, sure, I'd be happy to. <laughs> I had no choice but to take the fucking picture. Well, of course not. Did you say it exactly like that? Oh, yeah, I, I, you did. Complete with the hand <laughs> movements that I just showed you. Oh, he sure did. So, that's great. fast forward. To I'm the only one that didn't do it, though. That's the important right. part. Did you get in on a Zabisco picture? I did, of yeah. course yeah. I did. Yeah. So fast forward to a month or two later, we're in Iowa for a show at a fair for Alex Riley. <clears throat> Fort Dodge? No, this was Fish so, Fish yeah, Days so in Shit Show Iowa. All right. This is where that where Chris dropped the abortion line to the group. Oh. Yeah. So yeah. after the show we don't have a hotel accommodations. This was back when we used to fly by the seat of our pants. Yeah. So we drive along the Mississippi into La Crosse and go to the days in La Crosse to find that it's Irish Fest in La Crosse. Uh, yeah. Along with this big wrestling show that was in Eau Claire, that hotel is where they're staying. Gotcha. So we walk in and Stevie Richards and the Blue Meanie are sitting in the lobby. Okay. And we walked past them and we go into the bar. Well, first we walked up to the desk to see if we'd get a room and we could not. So then we went into the bar, grabbed a drink, and then tried to track down a hotel. The only thing we could find was a one-bed room, and they wanted $110. Now let me ask you a question. Was there a show the next day? Is that why you wanted no, to there go was, Crossway? there was Derek and Kira's wedding gotcha. the next day gotcha. in Beaver Dam. Gotcha. But we were all exhausted. Like, I had worked the night before, and I just really wanted to go to sleep. On a one bed. Right. <laughs> so anyway, none well, of that matters. If there's six of us and there's one bed, who's getting the bed? That would be me. So We could all snuggle, maybe. <laughs> no, we could not. <laughs> uh, so Buck, we start shitting on Buck about don't be a mark with all these guys around. All right. And Lane starts giving him shit about his performance with Sabu. Where he just blew Sabu verbally for like a day. <laughs> and then Buck's like, alright, alright, and he leaves. And he comes back with Stevie Richards. <laughs> and this drunken buffoon pulls off the best rib in the world by telling Stevie Richards, Hey man, my friend is a huge fan of yours, but he's shy and he don't want to come up to you. So Stevie Richards being a good guy that day. That day. Comes into the bar and set, puts his hand on Lane's shoulder and is like, Hey man, you don't have to be embarrassed. Stevie, nice to meet you. And we're howling with laughter. And Stevie Richards is like, Would you like to take a picture? And Lane goes, No, no. And I said, Yes, he would. <laughs> and they stood up and I took the picture and we had a good chuckle. So that was one Stevie Richards time in lacrosse so apparently stevie richards and lacrosse are synonymous with each other right because he was back a year later well maybe nine months maybe took that long in the room huh (laughs) it did it did um he was in for riley's college yeah 
fundraiser UW show. Lacrosse yeah. UW Lacrosse. And when we walked into the backstage dressing room, there was a chair and nobody was sitting in it. And I sat down and they said, hey man, that's where uh, Stevie Richards is sitting. And I said, great, when he gets back, he can have it. <laughs> and in the meantime, I told everybody in the room about, you know, the rib that got played on Lane. And I came up with the idea that we would, I would tell Stevie Richards the story of the rib. Yeah. And then ask him to rib Lane sure. about the fact that he didn't really want the picture. <laughs> so Stevie Richards comes back, I get out of his chair as promised. And then I proceed to tell him the story. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Ah. So I'm like, all right, cool. And I stand up and I go to leave and he's like, hey, but he really was a fan, right? I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, like, like he was he was great that first time. Well, let me go a little further into that night. Yeah, with sure. With Stevie Richards. So the ring announcer for that show was Catherine. Yes. My fiance, who, by the way... It was really good when she ring announced, but she just didn't stay interested in doing it, right? Sure. Um, so she's going around getting everybody's info like ring announcers do. Sure. And she, not being a wrestling fan like all of us at the table were, really didn't know who Stevie Richards was. Yeah. Okay. So she walks over and she goes, hey, I'm Catherine. Can I get some information about you? And he was offended well, that she didn't know that he was Stevie Richards. So offended that he had... Fat Republican Julian Bradley <laughs> come into the ring before she introduced him, snatched the mic from her rudely, and he's sure. lucky he didn't get a beat down, and uh, introduced Stevie Richards because Stevie Richards needed somebody to really put him over. Oh, sure. Like the star that he is. Probably should have picked a better name. if. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So there was that. That's Yeah, that was the probably the best name story that we have. Yeah. So what was the worst experience you ever had working with him? I might, first of all, the biggest name I ever worked in a match wasn't Dirty Ernie. I actually took a trip up with Armani to Minnesota <clears throat> and wrestled in a six-man where two of the members of the opposing team were jumping Jim Brunzel, who was very old at the time, and Scotty Tuhati. Oh, that was good. And I had to lay there for three minutes and take the worm. So, you know, that's always a fun finish. A joke there somewhere, but... <laughs> well, yeah, hello. But no, I mean, to me, that was always the worst finish in, in wrestling. You take the little face bump, and then you lay there while he shakes yeah. and dances and then does the worm, and then gets up from the worm, karate just hits you with a karate you chop, and that's supposed to beat you. But anyway, so I took the loss at, that night, but it was a fun time, and they were both very nice guys. So that was my sure. best experience working in a match with a name. Um... But it, it didn't even have to be somebody you worked. You, were you ever in a locker room with somebody who just totally either didn't want to be there, was disappointing to you, or just you know ha did something that was probably something that are not very proud. inappropriate? Yeah, sure. You got anybody? That you oh yeah, well, let's talk about Buck Zuoff. All right, yeah, well, uh, <laughs> inappropriate. We're, we're being loose with it. Yeah, 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 definitely. So, brother, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. At the time, um, I didn't. I, you know, 19 years old, I, I didn't know anything about what was going on. But <laughs> Apparently nobody did for a while. Yeah, uh, well, uh, there were always rumors. Yeah, yeah but yeah, Buck Zumoff and his daughter, who, uh, if you're not familiar with the situation, just Google it. <laughs> Is it but it, well, it's not really his daughter. Oh, oh yeah, it's like stepdaughter or something. Is like it his daughter, not daughter? It's it's like actually a friend of the family that just he's just somehow convinced her as a teenager to come live with him. And uh. the family was like, okay, Buck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Buck. 
Yeah. Yeah, you're safe with Uncle Always Hawk. taking Uncle your children. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. No, I mean, he was nice. I had a picture of him touching my chest, which is weird in retrospect, but, you know, because I was a mark and took a picture with him. Well, Lane. okay. <laughs> I didn't know who the hell he was, but I'm like, hey, okay. <laughs> I didn't know who he was either, and he was on the first show I ever saw, and it was ridiculous, because he had, like, the short blue shorts, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And, like, the boots, and he's still coming out with the boombox, and he just looks so old and out of place. <laughs> but to be fair, oh, there, fellow teenagers. to be fair, in the <laughs> mid-80s, I felt like he looked old yeah. and out of place. Go on the network. Find him in world class because he's there. Yeah. Because yeah. he had to leave the AWA because he was a better ass then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he was a because he was a better ass then, and he looks comically similar. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't change much at all. Well, so Zumhoff, Zumhoff and Coco Beware were guys that Powerhouse brought in that were both kind of nuts. Coco Beware. I never, never met Coco oh, yeah, he before was, my time. He chased a couple people around the locker room. I've got a quality Coco Beware Powerhouse story. Let's hear Where he, would, he was telling somebody, this was at a Muskego, Muskego M- Fair. Yes, Mus- yes, yes, Lions Fest. About all the cocaine he had done the night before. Oh, nice. And then I watched as he picked his boogers. Yes, because ah! he was looking for the cocaine. Oh, Jesus. Hey, this guy's in WWE Hall of Fame, so be careful. That's right. Jesus. That's right. I just counted myself right out of the Hall I, of Fame. I've also seen, I've been in the locker room where Marty Jannetty hasn't been completely sober. Is that the one where he fell and cracked his head open? I was at that one as well. Um, Parks loves to tell that story. Yeah, so there, there was those stories. Um... You know, I was disappointed with Bret Hart last year. He wasn't, he wasn't, he didn't do anything inappropriate, but he was so disconnected and didn't want to be part of that event. Isn't that every show he's on? And, and he got paid a lot of money to do it. Which, oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so those are some of the bad experiences. I, I had some good, great ones, too. Later, as a ring announcer, getting to uh, uh, meet uh, Jake Roberts, a sober Jake yeah. Roberts, and that was very That's cool. cool. Well, uh, it was like two fifteen in the afternoon, or what? no, no, it was he's it was after he got together with Through Diamond the Dallas Page. Okay, yeah. Yeah. so uh, that's cool. Um, I was looking forward to getting to meet uh, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, uh, on an upcoming show for Dylan. He's not going to be on that show, but it's going to be a great show nonetheless. Hmm. But I mean, I think you know, to meet Jake Roberts was cool. I'd love to meet Rick. Foot. Meeting Kurt Hennig was cool. Now let me tell you this story. It had nothing to do with wrestling. Him and Sonny showed up at Time Warner when I was working there to promote an upcoming pay-per-view. Oh. And I got a picture taken with him and Sonny, and I was I was a fan Sunny of Mr. Beach. Perfect. No, no, Sonny. Sonny. Sonny, the... Sonny, like the one that sleeps with guys. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. That's hey, Sonny Beach. That was kind of cool because it was impromptu. Like, hey, there's some guests here from WWF at the time. I'm like, what? And it was Mr. Perfect standing in my dispatch. Like side office there, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, I. Uh, did he ask you to get him a coffee or? No, no. Oh, oh, my favorite! I gotta tell you my favorite. It was working with Wow, and it was sad and happy at the same time because it was while he was going through the throat cancer. Bobby the Brain Heenan. Oh yeah. And even with the trouble he had talking, sat backstage and told stories for two, three hours. 
Wow. And it was just amazing. It was, and he by not, he by then he had become more humble and you know because I early Bobby Heenan could have been rough to deal with with fans and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Not this guy. He was amazing and it was a great experience. And I was fortunate to have had a chance to. That's cool. So. <clears throat> You talked about Kevin Thorne coming in. Yes. What are some of the other names that you guys have brought in to SSW? Uh, we haven't really brought in too many. Uh, we had Colt Cabana yep. recently. We brought him in unannounced for Battle Royal, kind of like a yep. little surprise, you know, for people who were there. Mm-hmm. And then he worked in a, another match. Um, I mean, we had Hornswoggle before he was Hornswoggle, and then yep. after after he was signed, we brought we had him. He actually, I think it was the last show in Milwaukee he did. Other than that, he did a couple it of was. ACW, I think. Yeah, but, it was uh, the last one in Milwaukee. And um, obviously, he's doing more in Milwaukee now. But and um, yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much yeah, it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So I guess Cabana is really the only yeah, person that we can kind of pose this question to. But sure, how does it look differently when you're negotiating with a name to come in? for your show than it is obviously with your regular people did were there any requests were there anything different? He, uh, he you know obviously he wanted his merch, merch table <laughs> of course <laughs> which you know um i mean he was doing his pod he was doing like a podcast thing the whole time like okay. like during the show he was like doing podcast stuff and it was kind of kind of weird but i mean you know that that's that's the world we live in now did he have a suite of a setup as we do uh, well, he didn't have a sweet ass drum set. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, he was kind of pissed because he didn't sell a lot of gimmicks. But they said, "Yeah, welcome to Kenosha." <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's there, it's hard to move merchandise down there. So, do you remember some of the guys? Because my mind, seriously, I think onset dementia or CTE or something going on. I forget certain details now. It's but called the, age. The SWE shows, the <laughs> cancer shows. Who were some of the guys? Even the ones that Will did. Remember any of the guys? Well, there was the Tokyo Monster Kahagas. Right, who's a regular now in BCW. Great. Yeah. Um, I don't remember any names from those shows. He's actually their champion. The only names I remember from SWE are Road Dog and Billy Gunn. Yeah, yeah, which, which we, we did at about. the Harley. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, Marty Jannetty being at the same show, but not knowing it was Marty Jannetty at all. Right. Did yeah. ever notice <laughs> that the older Marty Jannetty gets the more he looks like Angel Armani. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh... I have noticed. And also, have you noticed how much Angel Armani and Maury Povich look like, look like <laughs> these Maury days? <laughs> I think there's just a 60-year-old man look. Okay. I think that's just we all, all right. kind of devolve into at some point. Fair enough. Like, 60-year-old tan guys all have the same yeah, yeah. kind of hair and look. But... Uh, those are the three I remember. Who else did he have in SWE? I want to say... Oh, uh, he... yeah, uh, Tracy Brooks in on that same show with the road dog and Brooks, Billy Gunn. Yeah. What about Robbie? Wasn't Robbie E at one of those? Nope, shows? that was for Will. Robbie yeah. and uh, Robbie E came in up in lacrosse, too. Correct. Robbie E, uh, and he's coming in frequently for Will, isn't he? Yeah. From what I understand, Robbie E is very, very affordable. Oh. I don't know. Okay, so, well. But that's what everybody who ever books a name says. Well, of course. They're, they're super affordable. Because well, nobody wants to say, yeah, I got my ass handed to me, <laughs> and I, I can't, can't pay my mortgage. You almost wore that water. Just so you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, obviously they're going to, any promoter is going to try to defend the decision to bring people in. Right. Well, but, I think a group called Pro, I think it was Blitz down in Illinois, I think they had a, they lost their ass on a, like a big show, and he had to fold. Like, that was like his job. Sure. The, I mean, he that was his job. And that was that. Yeah. Wrestling, and he lost his ass on a big. I think he brought Hogan. Uh, he lost his ass. And, I mean, 
That was it. <laughs> See, that's, I, I might be wrong on the name, but I'm pretty sure that's who it was. But And my theory has always been when I used to run shows and why I didn't bring in names is I needed to make sure that whatever I was going to spend, I was going to make up in new business, not reoccurring business. You yeah. don't make... Bringing in a name and having the same hundred people show up doesn't pay for that name because they were coming anyway. Yep. I need to bring in, if it's 500 bucks and my average ticket price is 12 bucks, then I need to make sure that I bring in you know, 40 people yeah. that have never been here before. Otherwise, it wasn't worth mm-hmm. it. Right. Yeah, like I said, when we did the, the Cabana surprise, you know, we wanted to do that. Because, I mean, he knows a guy that works for us, Vic Capri. You yeah. know, he, he's friends with him. So, I, I wasn't with the negotiations, but I know he got him for a good rate. Right. You know, but then we pubbed him. And, I mean, there were people that showed up for him. You know, not, yeah. you know, I mean, obviously wrestling is not nearly as popular as it was, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Hell, you know. Right. And also, no offense to Colt Cabana, but it's not like yeah. you put up, hey, Ric Flair will be here. Yeah, I mean, he's not... I mean, he's not as relevant as he was, you know, right. ten years ago, where you've got the new indie darlings, where he's kind of, you know, he's the old old timer. He's going to be an old timer now, right. you know. The, so. the problem with the, the names, and you've read stories about this. We know some promoters who this has happened to, where you have to pay, give them, advance them half of their money. Yeah. When they don't show up, or you've heard of them showing up completely inebriated and unable to perform. Yeah. It's a risk, man. Well, yeah. You look at look at Del Rio. I mean, he was just booked, and he he no showed. Like he did the press conference the, t- the day of it was yesterday, and then he no showed the show. I mean, it's like you, you, a lot of these guys. I I I don't. I wouldn't risk my money with them. That's I mean, why. That's why guys are safe guys to book, and yes. you can laugh at me all you want. But hacksaw Jim Duggan mm. is money. Dude shows up. Mm. Dude is great in the locker room. He's great with the fans. Yes, he's going to do the same match he does yeah. every single night, but that's what people no have come to see, to see. No one's right? there to see the one, two, three. They're here to see the whole. Right. And nobody's going to get hurt in that match. Right. Yeah. Like, he is, like, if you're looking and at Brooklyn Old Time. People are going to show up to see him. Yeah. Like, he's. Yeah, the only issue with uh, Hacksaw that I know that people would have in, like, an indie show is finding somebody that's actually big enough to look like they should be working in a ring with yeah. Hacksaw. Yeah. Yeah. That dude is gigantic. Yeah. He certainly is. <laughs> A different breed from a different time. Yeah, <laughs> the only uh, like Honky Tonk had that rap of back in the day taking half the money and then not showing up. Sure, but when I worked with him last year at the at an RCCW show, he was really easy to work with and really good. Yeah, um, did he bump? No, uh, no, he did. He gave a little bit. They weren't like full bumps, sure. but he took a little bit of heat. He went yeah. down to his knees, took the rope choke. <laughs> Uh, well, and you can't, like... I know. I mean, that's the other thing, too. And, and I, I, I know what you said, but, like... So there's a difference between Valentine, who's really not able to even get in and out of the ring, and Honky Tonk, who can still move around. But sure. you're not going to expect a guy who's yeah. 60 to... Almost 60 to bump, right? I yeah, mean... That's true. You know, but yeah. that's why a lot of times it makes sense to team the older guy with a young mm-hmm. uh, guy from your roster who can take the bumps. Yep. The hot tag comes in, boom, 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 shake, rattle, and roll. Everybody goes home happy. Yep. Another interesting thing about Honky is he stopped giving the shake, rattle, and roll the normal way mm. because guys couldn't take it anymore. Sure. Like, guys weren't they, The timing wasn't right. Yeah, right. so he, he stopped swinging through. Now he literally takes them the opposite way and makes them just bump on their own. Why not? Which looks like, you know... Which you would think it would look like, but yeah. the crowd doesn't care. You mean like shit? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure he's not listening, but <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Me, well, no, this isn't any. Me and Hawk are cool, yeah. so. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. All right. Then why are you calling him? Yeah, you should call him Wayne, right? Hey, before we move on from this topic, I just want to bring up that a month ago, I managed Jason Masters against Mr. Hughes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was one bump in that match. Masters getting put down. And I fucking took it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Masters wow. isn't bumping it. No, let, let me tell you about that match. that match. That match was the weirdest match I ever saw. And first of all, Mr. Hughes was cool. He was. Right, let me just say that. He was very nice. But Mr. Hughes came out and he was cut a babyface promo because he was talking about the guys he's trained. Mm-hmm. Masters and Vic come out to cut him off as heels. They make an impromptu match. To which Mr. Hughes, before the first lockup, tells a fan to shut up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He sure did. And then proceeded to work heel. Against the heels. Against the heels. <laughs> so, it was a little bit weird. Why not? What was the crowd doing by the end of the match? What they did the whole night. Uh, let, let me give you an impersonation of the crowd that night. All right. So, oh, so you're saying they are watching the Masters? Hang on. Do your impression one more time. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> All right. All right. Let's move along. Oh God! Oh no! Oh God! Hat down! You ain't reaching T. Shut up! All right, hold on. I dropped the hat. Here's a, here's a drum solo. Uh, <laughs> couldn't help but notice you the you spilled that. <laughs> All right. Are you yeah. trying to do a Jeff Goldblum? Yeah, that was Jeff Goldblum impression. Right. See, it couldn't have been that bad. You can't you tell because no, no, of all the rest of his impressions, it doesn't end with "I'm Jeff uh, Goldblum." <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh oh. What you be got going on? <laughs> okay. What you been got going on? <laughs> Uh, hey Ryan. Ryan, what you been got what going you on? What you been got going on? Uh, well, um, I uh, went to bed at like one thirty and woke up to do a podcast. <laughs> yep, yep. Eight forty-five in the morning, okay. but uh, yeah, not uh, not too much. What you got be going on? <laughs> I feel like I feel like this should be okay. When we start the show, we go to that who you gave for, and then what you been got going on. Vic, what you been got going on? Man, I ain't got a damn thing been going on. <laughs> I ain't shit. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> hey, I have a WrestleMania party. Hey, hey. Yeah, yeah. I'll be there. Great. Late. Got, hey, better late than never. That's right. So that's what I've been got going on. All right, let's go to that. <laughs> 25 minutes on the first topic. <laughs> Eight seconds on the second one. Well, it averages out, right? Oh. This is... <clears throat> Okay. Why do you wear your gear to Applebee's? <laughs> Alright, well, to answer your question, Jim, you dick, you wear your gear to Applebee's so that people know that you're flyering your show. Ugh. Okay, so I know there's a backstory to this, but I will just point out, before you get into the backstory, that Jason Masters wears his gear everywhere. Whether everywhere. it's Applebee's... Whether it's Chili's, TGI Fridays, whether definitely. it's TGI Fridays, or whether it's uh, to no. whatever bar is sponsoring that show that yep. night. 
but which he will if he's, <laughs> yeah, he's going to take it off in that part. <laughs> he is. He is. <laughs> I was also going to point out that, yeah, it may be at a bar, but you'll find Masters outside drinking out of his own bottle. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. And surrounded by a town full of people sometimes. Yes. By the way, still the funniest story, as far as Steve's stardom story, we were at a show up north, Masters got hurt, had to be taken to the hospital by Lane, Lane gets back, he's bucks in a sling, he's outside, actually not trying to cause trouble, but to prevent a fight, and he's surrounded by a whole town of people who want to kick his ass. All the wrestlers leave the bar and we have a standoff. And the only person who didn't leave the bar, the only two people who didn't leave the bar were Steve Stardom and the rat that he was hitting on. We all came back in the bar. The bar was completely empty. There wasn't even a bartender in there because they had gone out to break up the fight. And there's Stardom at the bar with his rat. Working, working on it. Yeah. Just locked in. Yeah, so that was an interesting... So was this in the south? Or no, it was, this was in lacrosse, the... Right? This, this no, was this was in Minnesota. Um, Minnesota. Caledonia, Caledonia, Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. What did he do? What did Buck do? Yeah. Uh, he called the cavalry. What What happened was he was well, outside and there were two people, two bros kind of broing it up and arguing, okay. right? And, Little bro. And then Masters was like, come on, man, you guys are friends. And then they looked and they noticed that, you know, Buck was black. Yeah. <laughs> so and one-armed. Yeah, and in Caledonia, Minnesota, both of those, well, maybe the one arm wasn't a minority, but certainly Buck being black yeah. was and they, different. And all of a sudden they're bro together. Yeah. Yeah, so they formed an alliance in this, in this triple guy. threat match and decided to, you know. So... Uh, Everybody came out, and there was a lot of staring and yelling, and then a couple cops drove by, and everybody goes, oh, shit, let's get back inside. And that's how that ended. So. Oh, well, the, the gear to Applebee's thing is actually an SSW-related story. Well, let's hear it. So that's oh, what do we have? We're the gear to it's Applebee's. also the birth of the gay macho man. <laughs> <laughs> is that? Yeah, that night that happened. Well, that's a different night. I'm, go- I'm going way back, way back in time. Like, this is before we even knew you. Okay. At an SWE show? No, SSW. SSW. Oh. So this was... I just uh, heard. They used to show wrestling pay-per-views at Applebee's. At Applebee's? Yeah. Wow, I knew they did it at BW3's. Yeah. No, they yeah. definitely did. Applebee's was the... Well, it wasn't... It was BW3's is where this story happened. Okay. So maybe I'm thinking of a completely different story. Yeah, I'll tell you what. BW3's, they routinely lost their ass when they would allow wrestling fans to come in there and drink one soda for four hours. <laughs> Let me get four wings. Yeah, and then not tip their weight staff. Right, that yeah. sounds about right. Yeah, good job. You've never seen anybody less happy to see a wrestling fan than a BW3's waitress. <laughs> yep. The only the only people less happy were the Applebee's on th- 13th and Rawson on Thanksgiving Eve when the when the when MIAW the, when the manager ran out and was like, "No, we're closing. Yeah. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. We close at midnight." Yeah. So. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking of a completely different story. I'll have to throw in the hat there. Fair right. enough. The story of where I got heat with Carmine. Just tell it. Well, tell that story. Well, it's because I wore my gears to BW, gear to BW3. And Carmine had a problem with that. Correct. Yeah. He's he's not wrong. No, I, he's not wrong. Here's the thing. I love Carmine. I love most of what he says. I lo- I'd love to just listen to him tell stories for hours, or he should write a book like somebody said. But there are a few things... And this might not be one of them, or it's not that he can be a little hypocritical about, right? Yeah. Someone in the wrestling right? business is hypocritical, right? Never. It yeah. was a lack of knowledge and and 
proper etiquette on my behalf. Sure. I showed up in my gear to the pay-per-view at BW3s, handing out flyers for SSW. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. And Carmine was there. Yeah. So being the person I am, I felt like it was a good time to sit down and talk to Carmine for a minute. Oh, I thought you said oh. you were going to give him a flyer. How'd that go for you? Uh, he, a lot of sitting, facing the other way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To make sure it did not look as though he was talking directly at me. Good. Okay. But did he engage you at least? Very little. Yeah, okay. Uh, and, of course, that story went back and it got through to the boys who don't work for SSW. And it probably did not help things. Yeah. Uh, and that became a big rap on me for a long time that I wear my gear to restaurants. All right. Could just said this is my clothes. I mean, they're pants. They yeah. are pants. They're spandex pants. Yeah. With a flashy design on them. Yeah. Kids these days, they wear that stuff. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, or you could have just worked. Beautiful. Or you could have just made your gear look like Jeff Hardy's, and then you could have just said, I'm, "I'm a skater, man. What do you yeah. want from me?" At least I wasn't wearing Junko jeans. Yeah. For Zubas. To the hat. All right. Get in there. I hope Zubas is in here. They're not. <laughs> All right. Uh, Scotty, I'm sure it. you had Zubas. I did. I had Zubas. I had a pair. Okay, so I had a couple of random pair of Zubas. For some reason, I had a New York Giants set of Zubas. Okay, blue and red? Yeah. I had Packer Zubas, of course. And then I had purple and white Zubas. You may remember if you ever watched the Brawl because they were the Zubas worn by the purple people leaders. I remember going to the boat show with my dad and his boss. And I was probably like 15 or 16. And I had the... Classic zebra, white and black. <laughs> sure. And some guy was like, oh, oh, my wife's got pants like that. And I said, yeah, I know. Who do you, where do you think I got them? <laughs> Cutting promos at 16. <laughs> okay, good lesser-known tag teams of the 80s. Okay. Lesser-known tag teams of the 80s. Um, I'm going to start, and we can go around and talk about some of them. This one's probably not lesser-known, and I'll have some better ones as we go. But I thought sometimes overshadowed by the fact that they came they weren't on the big screen before the rock and roll express and i'm talking about the fantastics i'm gonna disagree respectfully disagree you don't like the fantastics? i like tommy rogers i think bobby fulton was the shits right. wow <laughs> the shits was he better than dennis conjure no okay he might have looked a little bit better than dennis <laughs> oh. conjure well who did it <laughs> Okay. Randy Rhodes, that's it. Oh, yeah, see. Uh, who you got, man? From the 80s? Yeah, from the 80s. I don't know 80s. if I have anybody. This motherfucker right here. Uh, was Doom around in the 80s? 1990. Yeah. 1990 would have been the first year for Doom. That's basically the 80s. It's, yeah. But it's really not, because uh, there's no 8 in it. Okay, <laughs> all right. If you're going to be specific like that. And I am. What about Power and Glory? Uh, also 1990. Son of a bitch! <laughs> what about... Okay, this the, you're, you're going to say they're not lesser known because they were tag team champs, but I think a lot of people forget that Scott Hall and Kurt Hennig were a tag yeah. team. In the AWA, yeah. 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 Big Scott. Big, big Scott Hall. Big Scott Hall. And I was, impre- I, I was impressed. I didn't realize how big like big Scott Hall is until like you see some of that stuff where he was real jacked. On, like, but, I mean, he's always, I always used to see him next to Nash. It makes him look small, but you don't realize right. how big Scott Hall is. Don't you guys miss the old days when you, that could be a gimmick? Mm-hmm. What's your gimmick? I'm big. 
What a, yeah, big job. What about job? Hernandez and Adams? <laughs> oh, it doesn't mind you. Like, excuse me. I don't consider them lesser known, man. They were on top of the world for... But it, it was a short period yeah, of time. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to throw the killer bees on I was there. I was yeah. holding that one, yeah. I love... First of all, Brunzel was an amazing tag team worker, no matter what team yep, he was and in. Brian Blair was friends with Hulk Hogan. Yeah. But somehow it worked. What about the High Flyers? Again, I like Brunzel. Look, I don't... I don't hate Greg Gagne. He just never really did anything for you me. You know that Greg Gagne must have had balls the size of beach balls, right? <laughs> How so? But he's, he's, that fucking guy wrestled without a shirt. You ever see his body? Jesus oh, yeah, Christ. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Vern Gagne's body wasn't great. Yeah. Compared to Greg's? Yeah, and Vern he was, was tied up. an Adonis, man. Uh, he had Ric Flair. Hey, there's another 20. one. Adonis and Ventura. <laughs> Okay. What about West Dick Murdoch and Adrian Adonis? Oh, yeah. Was that an 80s team? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You Dick Murdoch that. is amazing. I know I know. this wasn't the 80s. What? Oh, I'm not arguing. I love Dick, Dick Murdoch. Dick Murdoch is I love the way he sold, by the way. Yeah. So, this wasn't the 80s, but I have to throw out there, um, uh, Dick Slater and Bunkhouse Bucks. Come on! <laughs> you should throw it out. <laughs> Right over, uh, we were marks for Strike Force, Santana, and I could see that they were. I mean, they weren't they weren't a team for very long. What about the Can and Connection? <laughs> Did you like it when Zank got involved? No, I, that was pre Strike Force. How about this Rotunda and Wyndham? Yeah, that was that was yeah, really good. Yeah, that was yeah. real American was meant. And for. because of that, there was marriages within the family. Yeah, you know, because true. Rotunda married Wyndham. How about sister. the Twin Tower? Huh? How about? Yeah. What about the Fabulous You mean the ones from the 80s, right? Fabulous yes. One? I was never really a big fan of the Fabulous Ones because they kind of looked a little, little gay. Well, did you see their photo shoots? That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Like the, like the video that they put together to put those guys over, eh, it's questionable yeah. stuff. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, I like Jimmy Garvin and uh, Steve Regal. Too, Mr. Electricity. Yeah, Mr. Electricity. Well, yeah, you know, that's a lot of people, too, don't don't realize that, you know, Beefcake and Valentine for a, for a while, too. Oh, yeah? I mean, a lot of people only think Bruce Beefcake as the, you know, the happy the baby face barber. Yeah. Or the booty man, maybe, but nobody thinks of the booty <laughs> man. Well, early 80s would have been Valentine and Flair, right? Like No, that would have been the 70s. Late yeah. 70s? Yeah. yeah. What but, about Bad Company? They were good. I, I, they were a little small, but they were good. Yeah, and one of them became a mass ninja. Orient Express. Well, that's, yeah. That's 1990. It. God damn it! Yeah, <laughs> um, how about anything Doug Summers was involved in? I'll uh, tell you what. Rose and Doug Summers? I'll tell you what. Doug Summers would give Sam Casella a run in the Ugliest Man in the World competition. Yeah. But they could work. <laughs> uh-huh. They could work. So these were 90s tag teams, and I don't want to get too far off the reservation, but really there wasn't a tag team that Bobby Eaton was involved in that... I didn't like. Like, I liked so him. What you're like, saying is you like Bobby Eaton. I, d- I it's do. It's hard <laughs> not to. It's hard like, not to, yeah. <laughs> the Midnight Express. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, whatever that, he was called with Arn Anderson and the Dangerous Alliance. The Enforcers, uh-huh. wasn't it? No, that no, was Tabisco. Yeah, that was him and yeah. uh, Him and William Regal. Uh-huh. Yeah. Stephen Regal at the time. Yeah, the Blue Bloods. Yeah, the Blue yeah. Bloods. Yeah, I mean, he was just, yeah. just a really good good, solid tag team guy. Mm-hmm. What was the WCW fascination with taking guys that obviously shouldn't be doing the gimmicks they're doing? And then and making them do it? Making them do it. 
like, like putting Sir Robert Eaton. Yeah, Sir Robert Eaton, <laughs> Richard Morton. Yeah, anything they did with the with the York Foundation. Yeah. Yeah, Thomas Rich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I'm gonna believe he's sophisticated, right? Um, the other thing too, like, so you had t- teams like the Sheep Herders, who I thought were great. Yeah. Before the bushwhacker thing became a thing, how yeah. can you argue against the bushwhackers? Well, they licked children's heads. Yeah, they made tons of money. Oh no, no! Go back and watch a video. Yeah, those kids in the front row are gonna get fucking molested. <laughs> but the pop, yeah, every time that team came out, I don't disagree. I think with the, the fact that they were successful. I just didn't like watching them work yeah. after seeing them the be these savage, bloodthirsty yeah. lunatics. Okay, that's Cause, that's fair. Because, you know, if you want to see a good Bushwhackers match, you got to go back to when they were the Sheep Herders. Because the matches themselves are not good when they're the Bushwhackers. Well, how do yeah. you feel about the fabulous Rougeau brothers? I like the tiny flags. I never liked... <laughs> good heel heat. No. <laughs> I never liked Jack Rougeau, even though he had the most success in the WWE as the Mountie. Okay. I just never cared for him, but I actually liked Ray Rougeau in it. And he didn't do as much after the Rougeau brothers broke. Mm-hmm. From what I understand, Ray Rougeau, even though he looks like your dad, could really hurt you. Well, they <laughs> so. had, they were connected with the Canadian mob too, so yeah, they could really hurt you. Mm-hmm. Well, they should so. get unconnected because look how that worked out for Dino Bravo. Yeah. <laughs> well, they he screwed over the Canadian mob. Yeah. That's that's a little different. Um, but yeah, I think that's that. Those are the ones that come top of mind. I mean, and the Conquistadors. What about anything in Memphis? I mean, obviously. You had Dundee and Lawler team and then break up and then team and then break up. But um, I kind of liked some of the Austin Idol-Lawler matches when they were a team briefly. I don't think I saw any of that, man. I don't have wrestling at my house. Well, there you go. I have, I have wrestling, but I haven't watched a lot of Memphis. I can tell you that. I know. Well, most, when I was a kid, most of my exposure was, was WWF. That's stuff I really remember. And I have say I haven't gone back and watched a lot of that stuff. Sorry, Scott. What about the new breed? Uh, Wasn't Eric Watson in the new future? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, They were were decent until they got retired early. Yeah. So. Um, What about uh, the Sting and Rick Steiner team uh, in the old UWF? I actually liked the Rick Steiner-Eddie Gilbert team in the NWA in like 88. They had a nice little thing going there. Is the Varsity Club underrated? I mean, they they were all great. So, Rotunda's great. I liked Rick Steiner back then before he became a no-selling goof in the 90s. Um, Go back and watch. He was a no-selling goof in the late 80s. I dude. liked Steve <laughs> Williams for what he was. I knew he was limited, but I didn't mind him. What about long-forgotten member Dan Spivey? I didn't like Danny Spivey. Ever? Not. I liked him as, um, a skyscraper. as Waylon Mercy. Okay. Because I liked the gimmick, and I think it just... It, didn't last long enough to have it be played out to where it should have been, but I like I like that. Okay. I'm going to drop an unpopular opinion on Here you guys right now. All right. Are, right. are you going to say Brad Armstrong and Tim Horner? No. Okay. I'm going to, I'm not even going to stay in the same train it's of thought. Light all right. I'm going to tell you that I don't like the Steiner brothers. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's acceptable. So. But, because everybody thought they were the best tag team in the world, and a lot of people still think they were. At one point, they were. For a while, yes. But there's there, even if you go back and watch, there is no tag theory. Yeah, like, they, they just, just don't know how to work a match. Beating the pump shit out of people. No. Uh, 
I think there's two there's two chapters of the Steiner Brothers. There's early Steiner Brothers, when Scott would take heat. Mm, okay. And then there's the evolution of that team where neither one of them sold. I think when Scott would take the heat, and then end up rallying and then hitting that crazy uh, uh, Frankenstein. uh, Frankensteiner. Yep. That was. I mean, they, they were good. But yeah, then they both decided they didn't want to sell for anybody, and then yeah, you're right. Well, that's you know, but that's the thing too is you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw an unpopular opinion, and you know, the Road Warriors overrated in my opinion. Really great. I mean, great in terms of theory, you know, like the the concept of the team. But after a while, the act got old. Like they're like basically unbeatable. You know what I mean? And maybe that's part of it too. Is maybe the Steiners trying to emulate that a little bit? Well, they started to become beatable. When they made their first face turn, and then they, yeah, but yeah, as heels, um, I mean, you saw the you saw the you know the the next word. you saw the Road Warriors, you know, you knew the other teams get their asses kicked. You know what I mean? It's like kind of, I think that kind of played itself out okay. quickly. And just my opinion, I yeah, mean, I, I like variety. I don't like you know like oh this guy's gonna get it. It was I don't hard, think, you know. It was hard to imagine. So again, you build somebody up, right? It's almost like the Goldberg theory. You build him yeah, up, as you say, yeah, and Goldberg. then he loses to a cattle prod. You know, yeah. well, now how do you beat him? So they built up the, everywhere the Road Warriors went. But what helped the Road Warriors was that the territories were still in play. Yeah. So when things would get stale, they could move to a different territory, right? Yeah. Nowadays, you yeah. know, and then as the WWF evolved into this mm. global TV phenomenon, it was hard to hide some of those shows. Yeah, a year a year of WWE programming now is probably like the equivalent of five years in the territory. So sure. Storyline and work, you know, not necessarily the dates. Exposure-wise. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, yeah. You can't book anybody like that now. You know, the, the, Shield, the Shield reunited after three years where realistically, you know, with the amount of dates and, and our, you know, program scene that's back probably to equivalent of a good, you know, 10-year reunion, you know, in terms of exposure. Sure, yeah. The only people that you can book like that now is Asuka. So anyway, um, so whose turn is it? It's Ryan's turn. Right. It's my turn. All right. How are we doing for the time? Put over the conquistadors. I would rather put over the Moondogs. Which ones, though? Rex and Spike. Spot. Robbinsdale High School Wrestling History. Okay. It's big. Yeah. You have no idea, right? No, I... Oh, oh man, it's half the shit you guys are talking about. Okay. <laughs> so, I may show. miss a name, so you can help me here. In the course of two years, the following people in the mid-70s graduated from Robbinsdale High School. Ah, okay. Okay. I thought it was a joke. Rick Rude. <laughs> yeah. Nord the Barbarian. Yep. Who also Nord. became the Berserker. Kurt Hennig. Uh, um, Brady Boone. Brady who Boone. Who was the lesser known of them. Correct. Um, Nikita Kola. Yep. Mm. And wait, he went. He went to high school in Russia. <laughs> and the <laughs> so sixth one is was it Zank? Yes. Tom Zank would have been Tom a, Zank. Yeah. That just made me sad. The, the Russia thing made me sad thinking of Nikolai Volkov wrestling on the wrestling mats. Now oh, the scary so thing <laughs> about these six is only one of them is oh, still yeah. alive. Two, because Nord's still alive. Fortunately, Tom Zink passed away a couple years ago. Right. Yep. Hennig's John oh, Lord is still around. Rude is dead. Rude has been dead for a little bit. Hennig's dead. Brady Boone died in a car accident. Okay. Oh, and then there was one other one that was in there that I'm missing that is still alive. Um, what, uh, the Road Warriors, maybe? No. no. Prior to that. Oh. Um, 
But it's sad to think in this business that four of those six, and they only graduated in the mid-70s from high school, are gone. But what a, I mean, you talk about, I mean, that's a show. Like, that's a show. If you had those six, and it was an indie promoter, you could do three singles and a six-man and call it a night. Single, single, tag, six-band. Oh, there you go, yeah. So, um, but yeah, that it, it's amazing to think that they all came not only from the same school, but at the same. Essentially, they all were classmates at one time. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Barry Darso was he part of that? I thought he was too. I know that he's out of Minnesota, yeah. and I know he would have fit probably that timeline. But, but he, I and don't he's still know alive. That he went too. to that high school. Yeah. Mm. So there you yeah, go. Yeah. No, that's. I mean, not to put myself over. Oh, boy. You're not from Robbinsdale. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, in a span of two, ye- two I have, years. I have heard that you do troll the high schools in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> in a span of two years, you have myself, uh, yeah. uh, Tyler Priegel, right. Bucky Collins, yep. Coach Havens, and Stumpy. Yeah. All coming out of... I couldn't help but notice that you started and ended with the shits. <laughs> okay. So there's five, so you guys all have to make it at least to Ring of Honor or higher. We haven't made it? And then three of you have to die. (laughs) Well, otherwise you can't have have the same legacy. We're all going to die. Well, right, right. (laughs) Well, yeah, but he means at an early age. Yeah, yeah, at an early untimely age. Yeah. But anyway. A car accident for sure. Yeah, right. So that was the Robbinsdale High School crew. That's interesting. That's, That's a nice little... Trivia tidbit for some nerds out there. Yeah, yeah. Rick Rude was a guy who we were trying to figure out, and I think I, the answer is yes, in Memphis for a while, if he ever worked face. <sighs> oh, so Excuse my yawn. I don't recall ever seeing Rick Rude as a baby face. Yes, I think Memphis. There wasn't the short attempted baby face run in the 90s with Vader? Was that a baby face run, or was that Rude just being a tweener? That might just be two heels having yeah. friction. Yeah. Ooh. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's kind of seductive. All right. Want to do one more? Looked one it more. appropriately there at Vic Oh, my. <laughs> Getting real deep in there. Bottom of the barrel. Well, that explain why I'm here. Put him. Oh, wait. That's right. I don't, I don't do that myself. <laughs> Go ahead. Finish up. <laughs> Best wrestling fail. Oh boy! Wow, boy! Yikes! Um, obviously this is the obvious one. Shockmaster. Yeah, yeah. It's, my mind instantly went to Shockmaster. It's a pretty good one. Uh, the Ding Dongs. It's not really. Well, I mean, the gimmick was a fail. Yeah. The idea was a fail. I really, I really wish we could have seen the Hunchbacks. Yeah, yeah. Let's go deeper. Are, do you think that there are? Because I, I well there are, but can you think of any up the top of your head of things that should have worked? Maybe it's not even got gimmicks. Maybe it's like a pairing of guys that should have worked, or maybe it was a pairing or faction, and all of a sudden somebody got hurt right away, or they just there was a change in management, maybe in WCW, and they they just scrapped. Like, do you remember anything like that that stands out? Cause I know those things happen. I'm just trying sure. to to dig deep in the time where it's like, well, that's going great. Or oh, what happened? Why is it gone? Um, I think to me, and yeah, I know why it Lesnar's first run. Okay. You know? I mean, he, I mean, other than him being a, a douche nozzle, you know, it's just that was a good thing going, and then he just flaked out, you know. Sure. Now, now, did they push him too hard, too fast? 
But a guy like that size, I don't see how you can't push him like that. I think that there's a lot of WCW when they had the turmoil where they went from Bischoff to Russo, then the Bischoff and Russo. I think there was a lot of stop and start during that time frame where they're on a path for an angle and then it was like, bam, gone. Yeah. Like, okay, where's the payoff to that? But somehow Screaming Norman kept sticking around yeah. through all the regimes. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thing I can think about that had the, pro- or the possibility to be something really cool and really good that turned into a fail was the Radicals. Yeah. Uh-huh. When they brought them over and then Eddie gets injured on his first night. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go one further. We've talked about it, I think, on this show. The invasion, the WCW invasion, was an epic fail because yeah. Vince didn't want to put over anything that was WCW, and the only thing he put over is the fact that he added Austin and Angle to the invasion. Yeah, because he didn't side. trust. Yeah, right. The and WCW I, and I agree. We, t- I think you made the point that they didn't bring over the A team of the WWE. Yeah, that's the thing. It's but right. but they could have taken guys that were like the radical like Jer- like they could have put a line Jericho with the WCW side and maybe Randy Angle like hey, I was here I was sent here. Yeah. And I've been working at, from the inside for 4 years. Well, Benoit was he he was injured though, right? He had he had the broken neck. It's possible. Yeah, he was out. That's but you right. know what I'm saying? Like there's yeah. still guys that had come over mm-hmm. that they could have said, "Hey, we've yeah, been playing then, you guys." And then the night the night after the night after the invasion ended, Ric Flair comes in. Yeah. So why did you not sign him earlier? Right, and that could have been the as it was losing steam. You bring in Flair to put exactly. the, to put WCW back on top for a while. Like you no, could have played probably that out some for Time Warner contract shit, but you know, still, it's like well, that's what it was. Guys were sitting at home. Yeah, money. I don't was Flair probably was Flair. Oh, better. for sure. Yeah, but it's like so. Then why didn't they, like I said, use the insiders and play that out? Like they could have called them the insiders as a rip to the outsiders, right? Yeah. Use the insiders and then they when did those that. wasn't it Page and Nash for the Page insiders? and Nash for the insiders in WCW. Well, yeah. But when those <laughs> other when those other contracts then became free, then that just adds more juice to the invasion. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, I just think that they kind of rushed through that and Yeah, they could they could have brought it they could like, Hey, we bought WCW they could have sent sent the young kids, you know, to developmental for a while, let let the contracts of the old guys expire, then bring them in. And you know they blew their load too quick with the invasion. Like we got to do it now. Sure. They could didn't have to do it right then. The other <coughs> thing that they did, yeah, you're right. They could have really played that up. The other thing they did, another one was Buddy Landell. Buddy Landell was going to beat Ric Flair in like '86. I want to say they were pushing him to do it. Yeah. And they were, and and you even I even watched a few old episodes a couple weeks ago, and Davy Crack was even saying like he's the real nature boy, right? Yeah. Like trying to. Like build, and then he got popped for drugs, and got fired. So I'm glad that that happened before they put the belt on him because it would have been another Tommy Rich transitional mm-hmm. crap championship. Yeah. They were pushing Buddy Landell, and then I watched Buddy Landell, and I know you guys are gonna hate me for saying this. He wasn't bad. He wasn't bad, but his finish was awful. Yeah. Yeah, and somehow he managed to have a worse body than Ric Flair. Well, it was about the same. Yeah, it was about the same. But uh, I'm going to take this question in a different direction. All right. What's the biggest wrestling fail that you've ever been a part of or the funniest thing you've ever been a part of that's unintentional? Um, there's three that stand out um, that was unintentional. One was the, the god-awful Dirty Ernie Six-Man. <laughs> I can, I'll never get that out of my head. 
Bad you boy. got a fucking axe? Bad, oh, he's swinging it. Bad Boy <laughs> Brian, Dirty Ernie, and the Lumberjack, the Lumberjack dude yep. against the Ross family was pure wrestling shit. turd. The word yeah. is shit. Yeah, it was awful. Um, the other one was a match we were doing in the early days of Rebels at Kosciuszko, right? Okay. And we had a crowd. It was our first show. This was prior to me. It was. And it was me and Brian against, or me and Outlaw against Brian and Steve Santana in a two out of three falls match. And at the very end of fall one, uh, Steve got busted open and was bleeding like a sieve. He went, he went out in between falls to try to clean himself up, and they wouldn't allow him back into the gym to finish the match, the actual building. Wow. So we had to pull Little Country out of nowhere and put him in a match that we had worked out, because it was like a 45-minute match, and he just had to pick it up and go. Yeah. Um, and, and it was funny, because I just got on the mic, I'm like, oh, so your partner abandoned you. You need to find somebody. And Brian looked around, and there was Little Country sitting in gear. Because he had worked the dark match. And I go, little country, get up here. And then we had falls two and three that came out. Did I get two paydays? So, um, so those were two that, that were, one worked, I, that, that match kind of worked out. I mean, we had to book some stuff on the fly, and we were very green at the time. But, yeah, the dirty Ernie abortion was. Uh. Well, the one that comes racing to my mind was at the cancer show. And it was Xavier Mustafa. The show gave you cancer? Or? It, uh, I feel like it may have. <laughs> <laughs> Xavier Mustafa against Jason Masters. Yeah. And they were having a good match. And Mustafa goes for a cover. One, two. Master shoulder comes up. The ref counts three. Oh, cool. And calls for the bell. Oof. How and long in the match was? Or how far in the match was? It? Five minutes. There was, was there, there was probably half a match left. Ooh. So I said, "That was two. Trying to give him an opportunity to take it back and realize he fucked it up." Yeah. He's like, "Nope, that was three. Who was the ref? Uh, Rod's brother, who became a gimp later on in SWE. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I repeated. I said, "No, that was two. Nope, that was three. Bell rings, music plays. We're done. I grabbed grab Jason Masters, and I'm walking in the back, and I'm like, this motherfucking idiot. Fuck, 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 fuck. Just setting a land speed record for how many times. It was like an Adam Pierce promo in MAW. Nice. <laughs> we get to the back. Hanson, the promoter, is like, hey, what happened? I'm cussing him, cussing the ref, cussing everything. He's like, well, just go back out and finish. I said, you fucking go back out and finish, because I'm done. Why do I remember, from that incident, why do I remember Masters sitting on the apron and just talking into a microphone? Like he was just cutting a promo trunk. I, had I given up at that point? Was I in the back? I don't know. You may have been in the back fucking, but I think he may have gone. <laughs> Not fucking fucking. Yeah, thank but, you. My wife listens to this show. But... I, I remember Masters just out there, just on the mic, just rambling drunkenly. Yeah, that's probably right. It could have been. Karaoke, maybe? Yeah. Hey, I got another fail that involved Xavier Mustafa, me, DJ Bob, and Sadist. So we were doing an angle at BCW where I was a ring announcer, and I had gotten fired by JP. Okay. Fair enough. So then I got brought back to be the special referee for Sadist and Xavier Mustafa. Sure. 
and uh, there was a spot in the match where Sadus went in for the charge shoulder tackle. Uh, Eddie moves. He's got the, the gauges, right? Sadus, it gets caught Ooh. on something, and he rips the gauge out of his ear. Something on the ring post caught the gauge. Wow. So he's bleeding profusely. Sadus goes, or uh, Eddie goes for a spot, and there's supposed to be a kick out on, um, by Sadus. He doesn't kick out quick enough, but he does get out right before three, but not quick enough because he's bleeding from sure. the ear. And before I could call for the bell, DJ Bob rings the bell. And that wasn't supposed to be the finish of the match. But it was just such a, everything happening at once failed. From me to the yeah. timekeeper to Sadus ripping his gauge out. It it was kind of epic. And it was yeah. the main event of the night. Which, it just snowballs. Yeah. yeah. So that's one that I can remember. And then, of course, we, we've talked about it before. The heart, the Rod Heart Attack. Rod's which, Heart Attack, yes. yep. Wayne, yeah. you got something? Rod's Heart Attack comes to mind right away. Dude, I, I, I'm not familiar. He had a heart attack. Not before. really, but I wish he would have. <laughs> the way he... we, we talked about it on a previous episode. We were in a, a six-man with us and the Urban Horsemen working at SWE. Eddie... Uh, Gets me with the shoulder into the stomach and yeah. takes me back into the corner. Rod doesn't move out of the way, so we bump into referee. But not real hard. Yeah, just no. kind of just grazed contact, him. So yeah, we just grazed him, and he goes ah, and he he goes down and rolls out of the ring. Right. So he's down. We have no ref, and I'm trying. Hey, get up! And man, it wasn't a scheduled ref bump, so nobody's ready. Okay, for, gotcha. And he won't get up. So I grab him by the belt. Because he weighs like eight pounds. Yeah, I've seen him. And I pick him up and I put him across three chairs. <laughs> and then I yell, we need a ref. So out comes this goof. <laughs> Just that, No, the same goof that blew it at the Hampton <laughs> show. Oh, no. <laughs> and he gets accidentally bumped into. And wouldn't you fucking know it, the same yeah. thing happened. It was like a Ryan Cross match. I felt like we were being ribbed. Now tell the Rod's part that you like so much. Rod's on the three chairs. Selling, and then he goes. He lifts his head up, and then he puts his head back down. <laughs> like, screw it, I'm comfortable. So now his idiot brother goes down. We get him out of there, and I tell Rod, "Get the fuck back in the ring." And he finally listened to me again. But it's like reluctantly, there were no rough bumps planned in that. Now he has two. One. Not a single rough bump was discussed. The biggest fail I can remember being part of and maybe thinking, oh my god, maybe I've gone too far, was the completely cool crew gimmick uh, with yeah, TC. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And going, yeah. wow, we're doing it. Like, hey, maybe we shouldn't have done this. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was in the ring for that. I remember that. How did you feel while that was happening? I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Putting on the shirt going, okay, we're committed now. Yep. All right. Yeah, you told me about this gimmick. Like, yeah, we're going to put on hoods and we're going to call this complete, completely cool crew with the three Ks. Well, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> But I thought that was crossing the line. Actually, he didn't know about that, did he? Or I don't think I don't know if we told him. I, I even if he knew, he'd probably be pissed. So. I think the other like <laughs> fail was was actually at the tail end of a surprisingly good match that both Vic and I were involved in. It was a tag match at the yeah. VFW post. Yeah, I know where this is going. And we were doing uh, we were actually, I, I you know looking pretty solid as a team, and we were facing Alvato and the American Blazer. Hmm. And Alvato was doing well, and even the Blazer was having a pretty good match until he decided to put his hand through a plate glass window. Yeah. So that was, uh, and how that happened was there was a brawl, 
and Vic and American Blazer were to brawl to the back, yeah. leaving me and Vato in the ring alone. Okay. So that happens, and there was these two doors that opened up to go downstairs to the locker room. And one had been locked, like where they put the peg down and it stays yeah. locked, and the other And it had these rectangular windows. Picture like a school. Yeah. yeah. And Vic goes to throw them through the window, through the door. To Great. Tell yeah. the story how that fucking so, guy tells it. So the do- through the door, and the door was supposed to fly open, and they would tumble yeah. down the steps and battle down the locker room and be out of sight. Yes. Hence leaving whatever the finish was going to be in the ring. But because that one door was locked, instead of going through with a shoulder like you should, this idiot, Blazer, puts his hand up to, like, push the door, and he ends up putting it through the glass. Both of them, like Shaggy and Scooby-Doo running from a ghost. Yeah. (laughs) Okay? One pushed the door open, the other one went through the window. Right. Yes, I see how that could happen. So the best way to have taken that would have been one hand should have been on the bar that opens the door, and the shoulder yeah. should take the door, and it should. But no, he decided to put a hand up and, Ooh. yeah, dummy. So anyway, that was a. <laughs> I almost got sued for that. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. My one of my favorites is uh, I was tagging. Oh, brother, cabbage turtle. I was uh, a <laughs> cabbage turtle. Great. Yeah, <laughs> wait for it. Yeah, no, I'm good. Uh, I was working, uh, this is like 2001, 2002, I think it's 2002, I was working with, uh, tagging with Crazy Gorman as, uh, Crazy Devin, the uh, original, and, um... How many crazies were there? Wait a minute, weren't you guys the Hulkamaniacs? Yeah, but we, we were still the crazies. Oh, okay. Oh, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So, um... Because there was Crazy Kevin. Crazy Kevin, Crazy Jimmy. Yeah. Crazy... Devin, obviously, and Crazy Gorman. As far as I know, there was four. The only thing crazy about Jimmy was how big it was. Didn't you have a lady manager? <laughs> crazy Amber? She was a... Uh, no. <laughs> crazy Amber. Uh, that's, was, that's a real... That's a shoot, brother. She was a little bit of a thicker girl, uh, blonde hair. Oh, you're thinking of batshit Betty. <laughs> bat shit. <laughs> that deserves I that. Maybe once. I, I don't remember exactly. Because I, I, I remember there. seeing her with Aaron... After the fact, like he would wear his scrubs, and yeah. she had her own scrubs. I don't, I don't, I don't think at that time. Okay, but uh, we were working. It was up in, uh, I think it was in Baraboo, and uh, we were I working. Might have been on this show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think you were. You're Farmer Vic, uh, Viper. That was the Viper show. I remember Viper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, was, we, were, was we were working. Uh, we were working. Bob and Dinty, and um, I mean, I was. Taking the heat because you know, well, let's have the bigger guy take the heat. And uh, <laughs> Tiny would never have allowed that. <laughs> then again, I wasn't probably as I wasn't nearly the bigger guy then. But um, and I got the hot tag to Gorman, and he came in, and he you know house of fire for. Sorry, Gorman, I love you, but not exactly a house of fire. Yeah, I mean it was. Maybe it, it was Gorman. Scary. Gorman wasn't the most agile person or coordinated in the planet. Let's be honest, and. Uh, he, he, I remember he was running the ropes, and I think uh, Dinty did a drop down or something like that, and was coming, and Gorman was supposed to hop over him, and he tripped over him, and like face planted on his big hot tag, and I'm laying on the ring apron after he got my ass kicked while watching this, and I see it happen, you just hear me look up at the sky and go, oh, <laughs> like that, <laughs> it was just like, oh, I was like talking about it just falling flat on your face. There's two things I remember about that Baraboo show. Uh-huh. I remember getting out of the car and the whole town smelling like shit. 
yeah. and being mad that I had to work as a baby face in a town that smelled like shit. <laughs> and the other thing I remember was uh, Winchester and Buck Zumhoff wrestling. Oh, yeah. And I went out to watch it, and Matt took a bump, and then part of the ceiling hit the mat. Oh, yeah. And I took another bump, and some more ceiling. And I, was like, this place and I was like, seriously? I'm not going to watch anymore. <laughs> I'm not going to die from a fallen piece of plaster. There was a, a funny spot with Buck Zumov at a different Baraboo show where I was recovering from an injury, so I was playing commissioner, right? Okay. And I wasn't the heel. I, I should play it, but I was just the commissioner. And Buck Zumov comes out to wrestle somebody, and he takes his teeth out. And he's, he says, here, man, hold this. And I know what he's giving me. He gives me his teeth. And then he goes, I hope your hands are clean. I'm like, too late now, brother. <laughs> I just shoved them in my pocket of my suit coat. You should have dipped them in your asshole. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> Retrospect. So, so anyway, I remember like, oh, Buck's tastes teeth. Like, tastes like my daughter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I went there. So, Jesse, apparently we have to make a promo for our podcast, but I'm not exactly sure what we're supposed to say. Oh, come on, Nick. We just got to talk about Grapple Talk, where we talk about wrestling. It doesn't matter if it's the national stuff or the local stuff. That's true. I mean, regardless if it's WWE or our local talent, we cover it all. Oh, we also got to plug the social media. That's right. Facebook.com slash The Grapple Talk, and you can follow us on Twitter at The Grapple Talk. Man, that was a really good promo. That was. High five. Yeah. Hey, everybody. This is RGG from the Regular Guy Gaming Podcast on The Grapple Talk talk network i think it's safe to say if you like wrestling you also like games so join me and my co-host ragbag as we talk about old games new games games we love games we hate special guests interviews and of course ragbag's love for luigi mansion that is all on regular guy gaming check us out are we good we are but hang on a second when this show started Jack Spade went into business for himself and said if we get a hundred likes on the Facebook and the Twitter and the Twitter, we'll do a very special video. I'm on board. Yeah. Let's do it. Get us our hundo likes. Can I be in the video? Well, we're we we're no in choice. the video. Three of us uh, for sure. And then we need like four other people. You gotta do like a music video like the Pile Driver album where all the rest of us are singing. We'll clue you in once we're done recording. But a hundred likes on both accounts will get you a special Ross Family Matters podcast vidya. Hey-oh. Now take us home, Shecky. Alright, well, we've reached the end of another action-packed episode. We're starting to cross names off our wish list. We have Ryan Lenz, a.k.a. Devin Diamond, join us. That's now we just have to get doink. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> you coming out on a Sunday. Um, oh, hey, no problem. So totally it, sleep. And your next show, next SSW show is? Uh, it is actually right before, uh, right after, is it right after? I can't keep it all straight. And I should probably have had this queued up because I have two kids and I can't keep track of everything. I hear that. So, all right, we are, what is today? Uh, uh, Sunday, April. We don't have April. Eight. So the SSW fifteenth anniversary show uh, is May twenty seventh. All right. At seven p.m. That's a Sunday, right before Memorial Day. And again, we're going to have uh, Kevin Thorne, Hornswoggle, and a couple other surprises. Uh, a couple uh, SSW regulars, such as myself, as uh, probably acting commissioner. 
Um, Vic, Vic Capri, you know, we've got the SSW champion, William Jacobs. I don't know if you guys are familiar I with am. him. Oh, yep. I am, yeah. Yep, he's a, uh, not to toot my own horn, but uh, the uh, RJ and Cross didn't want to use him when we started, when he was coming around. I'm like, use this kid, he's got a good look, he's got a good gimmick. And he's the SSW champion now, so toot toot. But uh, they said it's going to be 15 years of, uh, 15 year celebration of mediocrity. No, I mean uh, greatness. And uh, <laughs> what uh, what does William Jacobs' tag team partner ask for? Sean Priest. No, Jesus. Oh, uh, uh, um, fifteen Hail Marys. I don't know. I, I booked them for three loaves and a fish. <laughs> but no, I mean we'd love you know if you guys want to come on down, you you'd be more than welcome as our guests. You know, and we'd love to have you. You know, like I said, SSW is in a different era now, but. We, we haven't forgotten where we came from or our former workers, if you will. <coughs> for the record, that invitation was for the three of us. The rest of you deadbeats got a pony up at the door. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's all all four four and five of you listening. I I will say this though, so I'm looking forward to that show and I appreciate your time. We didn't get a chance to talk about how much fun we had at your wedding though. Oh, I'll have to yeah, save that for another episode. Yeah, I'd be more than happy to come back if you'll have me. Well, we will definitely extend that invite once again. So we appreciate that. Victor Stick Ross, always uh, a, a staple. In a, he's the patriarch of the Ross family, That's right? True, Is that what yeah, we yeah. call you, patriarch? Old Man River. There you go. <laughs> Jack Spade. Hey, quick question. Yeah. If we get to 100 likes on Facebook <laughs> and Twitter, uh, can I get into a physical confrontation with the winner of the $20 gift card and possibly beat them for it? Uh, sure. It worked It worked in, at the turn of the century for, at the Kearney's. Krav Maga. I, I am glad that you said possibly beat them because my money's on that. <laughs> That's right, especially with that bad wheel. I'm Hotshot Scott Williams. You've been listening to the Ross Family Podcast. Hey, Ross Family Matters Podcast, let's get to 100, everybody. See you later. Crocodile. You done? Incest, Joe. <laughs>